0: The car you drive every day should be fun.
1: But it has to do the boring stuff too, like commute, be affordable, and haul your groceries.
0: You can have both, and we'll help you find it. I'm Todd.
1: I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Today.
0: I think we're through most of our transition at this point.
1: I hope so. I certainly hope so. Thank you guys for
0: sticking with us. If you're hearing this, Congratulations. It worked. You're hearing it on the other side of the Podcast <laughs> One transition, worked. which is still happening. Thank you guys for your patience for our Tuesday release. You obviously noticed because many of you wrote in, thank you for wanting the podcast. I was wanting to hear it myself. Uh, it came in a little late <laughs> because we changed the feed and iTunes has to read the new feed. Yeah, and it takes it a while goes, to actually
1: populate 48 hours or something through iTunes. So then that's it happened. So a thank file. you
0: guys for sticking with us. We're hearing from lots of people. It is populating all over the place. Uh, it will probably not stay with Stitcher. We will see. Uh, it might not stay with Google Play. We're still finding that out for sure. Also, you may have noticed, this is just all a little bit of you know internal business here. We have uh, 28 episodes, I think, that have populated on iTunes. Obviously we've done, this is number 212.
1: Can't believe that.
0: Which is amazing. Yeah. So uh, those back catalog will be available. We know for sure they'll be available on the Podcast One app, which is also being updated with our stuff. Sorry, this is just taken, taken a little bit. So that will definitely be available on the Podcast One app. We're going to figure out if that will be available on iTunes. What we don't want to do, and this is what we're struggling with, is turn all of them on on iTunes again and have all of your phones blow up with 212 new episodes because iTunes thinks they're new because it's a new feed. So stick with us. We're navigating all of that. But for those of you that have asked about the old episodes, yes, they will definitely still be available at minimum on the Podcast One app. But you guys are listening on Pocket Casts and uh, I heard uh, two or three others. I'm trying to pull them up here, but yeah. lots of Android options are out there as well. Uh,
1: people are asking about that. The uh, I think it's Google Play and what else? Uh, is Stitcher still Google, Android? Google
0: Play and Stitcher might go away, though. So Pocket Cast is definitely working. Beyond Pod is working. I read that one as well. That's right. Um, That's right. So Pod. there are a good number of other Android-related places you can get it. Uh, Podcast Attic is also one where you can get it if you're on Android. Again, I know that the Podcast One app works for both uh, iOS and Android, uh, and we are, I promise you, they are updating the app. We've been talking with them about it mm-hmm. to get us on there, mm-hmm. so we'll be on there as well. So all of that to say, hey
1: – It's a podcast. Thanks for joining us. Agreed. Welcome back, guys. We've got lots of cool stuff here to talk about. And a couple of good debates. The first one from Spencer in Germany, who joined us in Frankfurt at the tail end of our pilgrimage adventure Mm -hmm. last Mm -hmm. year. So in 2016, and he came up. Spencer, hello. Thanks for listening. We've got your debate to cover here. And then we've also got Willie in southern Ohio, who has a, a bit of a sad story about some cars that were lost But he's looking forward to getting what's next. Mm -hmm. So this is going to be the commute car for him. And lots of questions as well. I mean, yeah, flooded in once again. So thank you guys for posting up your questions on all the social media there. Yeah, And a few upfront talking points here to begin Mm -hmm. with. Mm -hmm. A couple of cars revealed today in the news that have caught my eye, certainly. Starting with the Hyundai N Performance that they have been talking about yep. that ever since Mazda Speed went away, people have been asking, what is the budget-friendly enthusiast? What will compete against the GTIs of the world? Mm-hmm. Focus and STs, and, and finally. The
0: photos look good. They've been promising they this for a while. The photos look good. I mean, there's no way to know what this is like dynamically, but they're talking about a minimum of 250 horsepower and a max of more like uh, a 270 or so neither of those are bad of course i'm sure it'll be front wheel drive only so that's going to be something to struggle with sure uh, it does compete against
1: the class that we keep recommending for you know, true absolutely well i mean yeah fiestas and foci and well and, and
0: and the absolute inventor of torque steer the mazda speed 3 yeah so yeah. i mean it was the poster child for that idea so you know, even if you do less than that you've done well and we still like that car i did notice in the um at the write up here that uh, Hyundai is excited about the fact they've added an electric sound generator mounted at the base of the windscreen <laughs> for more acoustic drama. You know, it was coming. on the list of things that were necessary for this car. That didn't even make the list, and yet here it is already being discussed.
1: I what I like though is I know the price point's going to be friendly, and I would so. to see yeah. this one yeah, compete yeah. and bring the noise against mm-hmm. some other cars because I'm all in love with the styling, to be honest. looks good. I think it they looks did good. well without making it so generic that it's forgettable and lost in the crowd and all that kind of stuff. Yet another Korean, Japanese, I'm not sure what it is from afar, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. It's good they looking. Got some notable design cues here that are really great. I'm pretty impressed, to be honest. But, yeah, we we now have to get into that car. I'm curious to see the markets that they bring to, but I assume North America would be huge for them. We, it for that has car. to be. It ha- that, that
0: that has to be a make-or-break market, honestly, for that car.
1: Agreed. Well, yeah, looking forward to driving that. And then the other car that caught my eye was the long reveal and gobs of money spent in revealing the new Jaguar E-Pace, mm-hmm. this tiny SUV that looks like it competes against Macans, or Q3 Audis, maybe, somewhere yeah, it's, in there. Yeah, it's little. It's, it's yeah. very small, but they actually... Spent the money and time to figure out how to do a barrel roll, which was certified by the Guinness Book of World <laughs> Records, to do on stage this barrel roll where you know the ramp lifted two wheels into the air at speed, and it did a full barrel roll, landed on its wheels, on its feet. I guess cats always land in their feet. Okay, Weird. knew that was coming. Yeah, and. This was part of the presentation in addition to a symphony, a band, I think Paul Oakenfold, I think that's who the DJ was. But, they spent money on this reveal and there were hundreds of people in this hall.
0: So are you gonna to get to do a barrel? Is this gonna come okay, the Teslas come with ludicrous mode? Does this come with barrel roll mode? <laughs> because because why are we <laughs> Not selling a bad idea, why actually. are we selling electric vehicles with performance gimmicks? Honestly.
1: It's, it's all about and it was just constant gimmick, and yet I'm reading through the brochure here. And despite the name of the vehicle, there's nothing electric about it. It's offered with two inline-four engines, one's mid-200s and one's close to 300, I think, turbocharged inline-four engines. I have not seen anywhere. Please correct me if I'm wrong, somebody. But I'm searching and scrolling through the brochure here. These are gasoline-powered cars. They're just what did they call their one? What on did they? The,
0: what did they call their one that was the? the oh, the I-Pace? There it is. Thank you. That's the one I'm thinking of. Right, right. Yeah. So this is
1: E. So they're airing yeah. on the side of fuel economy. This is a small st- SUV, so, slightly smaller
0: than the F-PACE. It's the Macan competitor. I, yes. get, I get your Hipsters point. Hipsters yeah. who make
1: Sorry. more money than the average person in the city. I got myself. I got myself
0: confused with my with my Paces because of course Jaguar. Even though at least their names are memorable, I still am very confused as to how they
1: come up with. Life. None of these names. But uh, okay, all right. I like it. I'm looking at it and it's stubby. It's interesting. It's, it's got it's all the Jag. It's very cool looking.
0: It might even be GLA sized. I mean, it it's it is not tiny. big. It is not big. I mean, it is another one of those like that if you saw our GLA Macan piece. It's another one of those pieces where another one of those cars that really stretches the the definition of what is an SUV CUV, because I don't think this is. I think this is the the I think this is the brand new Jaguar GTI. They're just not saying it. It's just a little bit uh, lifted <laughs> on its suspension. That's
1: kind of funny. I just am looking at this, and you know how you're never supposed to call a man's car cute. Fair. This is borderline cute. Oh, for it me. absolutely is. Yeah, it is. And, I agree with you that. You know, if gals are driving it, fine. It's I cute can't little wait car. To recommend cute it. Cute little car. I think it's going to be really interesting. It's mm-hmm. different. I wish the interior were a little bit more interesting than it is. It seems like it just kind of checks some boxes and has the cues and follows the playbook. But I it wish does, it sure. had more. It's very much taking from the Land Rover interior styling right I'm gonna now.
0: I'm going to stay with the, the Jaguar GTI. I think really that's it's, what we've got here. It's, it's cute. The Jaguar Golf.
1: It's a kitty cat. You picked yeah. up your new car at the pound, and here it is. <laughs> the E-Pace, everyone.
0: alrighty. Speaking <laughs> of uh, odd cars and reveals, uh, I, I actually was somewhere today okay. and walked into the parking lot. And in this parking lot that I never never have seen one of these in this parking lot before was one of those BMW GTs. The five oh. series wagon-y thing that just shouldn't exist. It's one of their because the four series hyper niche things. Into a GT. Yes, but this is one of the this is one of the five GTs bigger bloated, so slightly
1: bigger bloated, dual trunk good, opening, yes,
0: thing. weird wing thing.
1: Had a you thought you wanted to buy one? Is that no, 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 not at all.
0: I, I was sitting, I was having this thought of who bought that? Who bought that? Sure. And you know, had a had a new hasn't been tagged yet by the new owner. So I was like, okay, who's in that car? And then I saw who was in it. Okay. And I had a weird revelation because we tease BMW all the time for making hyper niche vehicles. Who is this car for? It will never end. The guy driving this car clearly had just bought it. Okay. I've seen him before. I'm, I'm the guy that I can't remember people's names, but I know what car you drove. He used to drive the world's most pristine. He was hanging on to it. He was in love with it. Saab nine five. Not the last one before the company crumbled. The one prior still looked with like a Saab. The
1: five door, five door hatchback. So. It wasn't a
0: hatch, but it was the it no, was the I'm kind of long, pointy. Uh, you could look it up, but it was around till about two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Okay? Okay. okay, But I it went was too far back. it was the big Saab sedan before GM made its final thing that barely was released before the company was folded. Not that one, the one prior. Okay, and he had I mean, honestly, the cleanest one I've ever seen, and he had it forever and was in love with it. And I remember thinking. Sobs are typically driven by people with unique car tastes anyway, and this guy defined that and kept this car forever, and it was hysterical to see that he got rid of his 9.5, and he got a BMW 5 Series GT, and I just thought, so you're the niche. You're the people they built that car for. You're one
1: of the 864 buyers they've identified that will actually buy this car. What
0: we need at BMW is, okay, I've got it, guys. I've got it. Our market segment is people that still have their Saab 9.5.
1: Brilliant. They're gonna buy the BMW's gone away. They have to graduate to something.
0: <laughs> but I did, I saw it, but I thought, Well, that's who that buyer is right there.
1: Sir, you're a foregone conclusion, I hate to tell you, but I'm glad you're driving this car. Although, isn't that car BMW builds the Honda Cross tour? Yes, it is. I, I look at that. One it's drove the, by with bikes on it and I
0: it's thought the it's the BMW Ugh. Panamera or what? you know it's or, or I mean you could just change the names out. It's the Honda GT easy. You know, it's the por- it's it's the Porsche cross tour. I mean, we I, all of that is true. Absolutely. The
1: 4 series isn't terrible, but, you know, I'm sorry, but isn't terrible praise, has never right? been <laughs>
0: it's never been a compliment ever. Oh, that's not
1: terrible has never been good news. It's like when people say, "I don't disagree." Well, then you agree, right? Why don't you just say you agree instead of <laughs> Because sometimes double negatives are fun. That's the truth. I just want something to whine about apparently. Anyway, a very quick note to talk about one of our new sponsors, Autotempest.com. You and I are constantly looking for cars. Mm-hmm. The disease Everybody struck. listening is constantly looking for their possible next new car. So if you enter your search once on Autotempest.com, it searches all the top used car sites at once. So it's kind of an easy way to, to make sure you're not going to miss out on yeah. your next car. Yeah, one stop, yeah. Exactly right. That's T-E-M-P-E-S-T. So like a storm, Autotempest.com. All right, moving on to the debates here. As we said before, Spencer in Germany. He joined us up at uh, what was the um, the venue in Klaustadt. Klaustadt.
0: Thank you. That was that awesome converted that like so textiles cool. factory that's now all. Uh, it's like. Really high-end car dealers and nice car collections and so cool uh, air-cooled 911s being sold for exorbitant amounts. Yes,
1: this happens everywhere in the world, not yeah. just there, though. True. No, but but I'm just not saying unique, if you'd like to see all
0: yes. of that in yeah. one spot, Klassikstad in Frankfurt gets it done for sure. And they even had a restaurant there, which was awesome. We got to hang out with cars for a while and then just eat there and have people meet us, which is really cool.
1: It was and nice. And Spencer
0: was one of them. So thanks for joining us again.
1: It was nice. As I mentioned before, this was at the end of last year's pilgrimage trip. And I will divert really quickly and invite you to the 2017 trip that is happening over Labor Day weekend 3 through 7 mm-hmm. in September, September yeah. in Absolutely. the U.S., and you are absolutely invited. Go to com slash adventures for mm-hmm. all the information. That is our big Nürburgring and Spa-Francorchamps trip. Mm-hmm. But at the end of that, we just thought, you know what? We're there. And mm-hmm. speaking of this... You know, maybe we should do that again. Maybe we should go back to Klasikstad and make it a tradition. Try
0: to do a, try to, I mean, we essentially were doing a meetup for locals is yeah. what we were doing. And Spencer drove up from Stuttgart, which is kind of local, but he drove up and joined us, which was great. We had uh, a few people join us, which was just nice to go, okay, you didn't come on the trip, but you're a European fan. Yeah. You want to hang out with us? We're going to be here. You want to have dinner? Let's do it, which was great. I'm really glad we did.
1: Yeah. So he was looking for a car now and took our advice by driving the Corvette C7, the Cayman and Boxster, and the Avora. Mm-hmm. But what he's really looking for here is something with a convertible that has a back seat for weekend blasts with his wife and three year old mm-hmm. son. And of course, the occasional trip to the Nordschleife.
0: So, the, yeah, he's trying to make understand. it his, his new right fun car because he's in Germany. He's stationed in Germany. He wants to make it his new fun car, but he also wants to make it a viable family car, which is where this gets difficult. And then you throw in convertible just to make it hard.
1: Oh, man. All right. So, the choices that he's looking at right now are first off, two Porsches. First of 2007 Mm -hmm. Carrera S 911 Carrera S Cabriolet manual transmission, 18,000 miles for 46 grand, which is already located in Stuttgart. And he doesn't have to pay the 1500 bucks to ship it there, which is great. But he's a little bit concerned here about the engine scoring and IMS failures in that 997.1 generation. Sure, sure. Understandable. We would address the IMS kind of thing. Mm-hmm. There is the, you know, especially in a manual car, when your clutch is out, you can go in there and sort of the while you are in there fix. Yeah. But it's extra cost. We get that. Second car here is a 2013 911 base. So that is the newer 991. Mm hmm. Yeah. And it's got seventeen thousand miles for sixty-eight grand, and listen to this: it it includes the cost of a CarMax warranty, but it needs service. But what he's getting at is that car's located in the U.S. Is my understanding? Is mm-hmm. it not?
0: It is absolutely. There's a whole other issue about taxes and shipping and all kinds of other elements, both pro and con, that exist in that car. He could buy it from CarMax, but then he could ship it overseas. Via the, the way, that, if you're in the military or you're serving the U.S. government, they have certain. Th- I'm going to get this wrong. They have certain things where they will ship a car for you. You can get great discounts in getting a car to where you are. He's taking advantage of that reality, mm-hmm. which is one of the reasons if you go into air bases all over the globe, some amazing American iron is hiding in those parking lots oh, because yeah. they ship them over there.
1: Oh yeah. So interestingly, he says that CarMax will not let you do a pre-purchase inspection until you buy it because that's essentially what their service department is for.
0: (laughs) Which makes it no longer a pre-purchase inspection. (laughs) Now it is still PPI, but now it is post-purchase inspection.
1: Yes. But apparently they offer a five-day return policy if you don't like it, but it's going to be a little late if it's already being shipped on the boat. (laughs) (laughs) It's somewhere in the
0: middle of the Atlantic, but I've decided, you know what? Turn that ship around.
1: Apparently, this was owned by somebody in Dallas who traded it for a Ferrari. Then a company executive drove it for a while, was sold off with 8,000 miles. And then the rims were curbed and, you know, need some service, that kind of thing. So, again, that is in the U.S. at this point. Mm -hmm. And you thought this was going to be a debate about Porsches. But surprise, it is not. (laughs) Because the third car on here... Spencer's wild card is a 2017 Camaro SS convertible mm-hmm. with a manual mm-hmm. transmission, brand new with Chevy's warranty is 60 grand out the door, which is interesting. Yes, now, he loved the it's Lotus nice Evora. Twist. I mean, who doesn't? But you know, all you have to do is take a sawzall to an Evora, and there's your convertible. Yeah, that solves that problem Fun Easy. Track car, that, that, I'm sure car, you'll have absolutely no no cal
0: shake as a result. I mean, what could possibly go wrong? Don't yeah, see a
1: problem. So, you know, loves the engine of the C7 and then, of course, the Boxster and the Cayman. But if they're going to plunk down this much money, they want a car they can enjoy as a family, which initially led him to the 911 route, which Mm -hmm. is, you know, family car. I mean, it's the school bus as but, they used to advertise. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Right? But I mean, clearly we've got as much as as 70 grand to work with here. If he's taking is He's lot. seriously taking a look at that $70,000 uh base Carrera, we have a lot of money to work with. We do have a lot of kind of specific requirements, but yeah.
1: <laughs> All right. So then back to this Camaro thing. While he was in the states, he was dealing with the CarMax thing and just ha- decided, you know what? I'm going to walk over to Chevy dealership, drove this new Camaro SS. Now, it had the paddle shifters, but he's telling us we need to review this car. And, Spencer, we couldn't agree more. As a yeah. matter of fact, we're looking at on the short list. some particular reviews with that car. I did have the chance to rent one recently. The kind folks at Avis gave me a Camaro SS hardtop. <laughs> they
0: were kind once. They won't do that again. Yeah, The
1: car had like 4,500 miles on it, and I contributed to most of the wear on the rear tires. But, yes, you know, of, course Thanks, you Avis. of course you did. Of course you did i just unbelievable so it's got that engine the the c7 engine 455 horsepower interior is great it's a smaller car they finally listened no thanks to me but i always have thought you know what this camaro this just needs to it be 75 yeah. yeah. smaller just yeah. come on pare it down a little bit and Inter- like i said interior all that kind of stuff and it sounds like spencer's in love so now he's asking us, what would we do? And I think he's open to other options here too. Mm-hmm. But I just want to lead with the whole Porsche in the U.S. buying it at a CarMax. I know the shipment can happen.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But Spencer, mm-hmm. you live in Germany.
0: Agreed. The headquarters for Agreed. Porsche. And
1: they're built there. Yep. Am yep. I missing something? If you're going to get a Porsche 911, don't ship one over from the U.S.
0: Well, and I'm going to go a step further. I think if I think that 991 you're looking at, is overpriced.
1: Now, it's a base, but it's a, for sixty-eight grand, It's
0: a base Cabriolet Eesh. for $70,000, and you're talking about how it needs a service, it needs tires, it needs things. You even mentioned in some of the details here that the paint's not in great shape. I'm digging up cars right now. Mm. I went in through Auto Tempest. I'm looking at other places as well, but I went in through Auto Tempest because you can search using them just once. Right. And I put in 2013 Carreras and up, less than seventy grand. Spencer, I've got options in front of me, and many of them look nicer than the Cabriolet you're describing. I think that car is flat-out overpriced. I -hmm. think the the thing that helps you with the 991 is that the back seats are larger and more legitimately usable than they are in the 997. I personally prefer the 997. I think you can get more for your money there. I know you're worried about the IMS, but I, I think that the 991 is a little bit more usable car. But I think the one you found is the wrong one.
1: Yeah, I don't know about the that's used... what you're finding. I don't know oh, what gosh. the used
0: prices are in Germany, but I just have to think that's not the right car. Your description of it makes me cringe, and since I can find options, like lots of options available, digging around. I mean, I've got, I've got around a hundred cars in front of me right now. Now they're not all cabriolets, but I just, I didn't, I didn't drill down that far. But come on. Let's mm-hmm. not get that car, Max, when I think that's a poor choice. Uh, but I like the car idea. I just think that's the wrong one.
1: No, I, I definitely agree there. I mean, I, I love that you're scrolling and looking already, but this is U.S. cars at this point. We don't of know course. what the prices are in Germany, right? True.
0: Now, I have no idea on Germany, but but I agree with you. The, that's a local car in Germany. They're, they have to be out there.
1: It's a local they have to everything. Be. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, so I'm I'm loving the 911 idea. I mean, of course... Yeah, it, it's it's like driving a Camaro in the US or a Mustang in the US. I mean, it's yeah, well, local, native. Agreed. It's, it This is what you do, right? You live in Germany, you
0: drive a 911. You, <laughs> you have to be able to find one. It can't be that hard. But I have uh, so to to recap a little bit, I prefer the 997 for you, but I don't think it's usable enough. I hate to say it. I think the 991 just size-wise size is the better quote-unquote family car. Uh, even though the 997 would work, uh, I think look at a different 991. I like your Camaro idea a lot because you talk about how much you're just kind of intrigued by that naturally aspirated big old V8. You're an American guy in Germany. There's something there, and those cars, I'm yet to hear anything bad about the new Camaro dynamically. And as Paul said, it's on our extreme shortlist to shoot uh, coming up soon. So I think one of those two are tempting. I don't know how usable the current Camaro's back seats are because I haven't thought about it in those terms yet. So that would be worth great. digging around. I agree. I think I, the 911 is
1: actually better in this I, department. I, that's
0: my fear. I'd I have to get in them back-to-back. That's my fear. You're, you're stating my fear.
1: I have a wild card for Spencer, though. Oh, you do? Okay. Right in this price point. All right. I'm very curious. Do you have anything else on yours? You know, I'm actually, as much as I love the 911 in Germany and owning it there, I especially being able to take advantage of that car with the Audubon, the mm-hmm. de-restricted parts mm-hmm. of the Audubon. I love that. But what I do love about the Mustang is that it's sold in Germany too. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering about owning the Camaro, especially the SS. Okay. Because it's so unique where you are. Sure. And sure. then when you move back to America, whatever that point in time is, yeah. then yeah. own the 911 here. It seems weird to swap it. Camaro in Germany, you know what I mean? American, yeah, German but the, cars. I, can, I see the fun there, though. Yeah, but it's just kind of fun to to imagine that, and you wouldn't see yourself coming and going. Not that mm-hmm. 911s are everywhere in Germany, but more so than you know anywhere else, I would say. But yeah, I just I'm kind of digging the Camaro idea, strangely. Yeah, in, in Germany and and getting after it on the Autobahn with that car,
0: man. On my on my wild card thinking, I am I'm, I'm way out in the weeds on this. I will admit this is a really weird. But I do you want to explain it? There's a part of me, Spencer, that does want to know about the the cabriolet element of this. How tight are you that? Because I think if you let that go, you'll get yourself a whole lot more options.
1: Possibly, uh, yeah.
0: But I mean, seventy grand is a good amount of money to spend. I did throw out the convertible option. I went away. You're not going to expect, but I think it's a genuine option. You're talking about a fun car. That you can take the family in, right? That you could track, like really hoon and track, and still take the family around and enjoy. Alpha Romeo Julia Quadrifoglio.
1: Really, I can't really? imagine
0: in Germany that's going to be a common car.
1: It's not a common car anywhere in the. I know, but but right but I, but I, but
0: I mean, because because if I said M three, he'd say, "Yeah, I live in Germany. I drive an M three. I don't care." Sure. I get it. Sure. I get it. You could even go M2. I mean, these would be great options. that You're in the price point. I get it. That's possible. Hmm. But an Alfa Romeo Quadrifoglio is not going to be common. And
1: That's interesting.
0: I If somebody said to me, do you want to take this Julia Quadrifoglio right now? Would you like to take it on the ring? I would say, how quickly can you hand me the key fob? <laughs> I would do course. it in a heartbeat. Yeah.
1: No, I see but that. But
0: yet, you can cruise that car, too. You can put the whole family in it. I think there's a sense of occasion in that car. Our, our,
1: Interesting.
0: Uh, Julia Quadrifoglio M3 piece already dropped on Velocity. It's coming to YouTube in a couple of weeks. I'm so excited to share it with everybody that hasn't seen it so far. Yeah, Those of you definitely. that have seen it have written us some very nice things about it. It's a fun piece. But I really I do wonder about that for you, Spencer. I know that's not where you started. You started rear-wheel drive, sports car convertible, but you've got the four-seat element, and you you really want family usage. Hmm. That's dad's hoon car. And, and honestly, I, I'm, I'm telling you, put that on the Nordschleife any chance you get. I can't speak to the reliability. That
1: would be brilliant.
0: But I would I yeah. would genuinely like to drive that car on the Nordschleife. I really would like to.
1: Well, speaking of reliability, we've been seeing some things, especially one press review that the press car actually broke down, which was not the case the The press car that we had, the alpha we had, was absolutely great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not a problem. We returned it just fine. Everything was great. Yeah, we drove we had it no hard issues. and fast, mm-hmm. and we didn't baby it. Let's put it that way, and it was great. The
0: only thing we didn't do that some of the car magazines do is we didn't run zero to sixty tests, which is about the hardest thing you can do to a car. True. Because when they get those numbers, we're talking twenty, thirty, forty passes
1: in a row. Exactly. I mean, they, they just sit there and, and do and it.
0: So. If you ever hear about a car that breaks down doing that stuff, you kind of, and I'm not saying that's what happened with this Alfa Romeo, but that if you ever read a review where a car broke down during that, you almost have to give it a free pass, because you will never beat on a car as hard as those 0 to 60 pulls they do for a magazine. That's the only thing we didn't do. We did pretty much everything else you could do to drive a car quickly while we had that, and it just shook it off.
1: Yeah. Hmm. It's an interesting idea, although I keep coming back to the fact that on- Chevrolet's German website, the Camaro SS is nowhere to be found for sale, nor does Dodge sell product in Germany. And this True. is why I come back to the uniqueness of that car. Yeah. And yeah. people going, what a brand new Camaro SS in Germany. Yeah. I actually saw, uh, A 70 Mustang Mach 1 in Rome, Italy with California tags. And I thought, you got to be kidding. I mean, that turned heads. And then you
0: looked for the cameras to figure out what scene they were shooting for a Bond film, right? (laughs) Yeah.
1: Right, it was orange, and I just went, wait, because it looked normal. Like, oh, yeah, California tags and I'm book. Wait, I'm in Rome. What, what is that doing here? <laughs> this is not supposed to be this way. I guess I I'm in, maybe I'm in love with more of the idea of it than actually, you know, I want to sure. get Spencer in something he really, really enjoys. Yeah. He's intrigued by that, but yeah. I do love the alpha idea. It's just sort of the question about reliability st- yeah. still it, crops and it's,
0: up. And, it, and it's wild card because it's not where he started, mm-hmm. but that's why I'm putting it in wild card because I do think that would do it all.
1: Hmm. All right. Well, Spencer, let us know. We hope to see you again this year. And we'll let you know about Classic Stad as well. For those of you listening in Europe, maybe we can arrange something. We'll see. We'll, uh, we'll think about that and mull it over and mull over our time frame as well. I can't believe it. That Gerald is presenting the quarterly budget report with finger puppets. Look, here comes a 1.7% decrease in fixed overhead. Hello, everybody. No. I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico.
0: Who are you? The projected increase in organic Q3
1: revenue. Hooray!
0: Believe it. Geico could save you 15% or more on car insurance.
1: All right, moving on to our second car debate here for Willie in Southern Ohio. Mm -hmm. He has written in with quite a conundrum here. And uh, talks a lot about, well, I'll just dive right in here. Definitely, yeah. Back in his sophomore year of college, way back in 2010. Oh, the dark ages. Yeah, (laughs) anyway. Yeah. He had saved enough money. Moving on. And was faced with a decision to buy a Camaro SS then, Mm -hmm. or a Lexus IS350. And kind of thinking ahead, he decided, well, you know, being out in the real world soon, the Lexus would give the impression of being more of a grown-up's car kind of thing. And
0: Be a child. Join <laughs> me,
1: Willie. Be a child. <laughs> he just thought, well, I'll go for the Lexus, which he did. Mm-hmm. Seven years later, 162,000 miles later, he's selling the Lexus. Yeah. But it was fantastic. It was essentially a toaster. Yeah. it it ran, He thoroughly enjoyed it, and all it did was run. I mean, you just shake the breadcrumbs out of it, and it keeps toasting,
0: right? Mm-hmm, pretty much. Well, but this is, honestly, this is a problem, and, and I mean this legitimately, this is a problem for Lexus owners, hmm. because if you have a Lexus, and it works like this one has for Willie, and also Lexus is known for great service department, great service people, great car loaners, if you need experience. anything done, I mean, that that's what they have prided themselves on. That whole brand is built that way. If you have somebody that has driven a Lexus and loved it, and they want to step to anything else there's a real chance you're going to be disappointed comparatively in reliability and service. Mm-hmm. Maybe not, but yeah. there's an awfully good chance. And so some people, my mother-in-law is an example. Now, my mother-in-law is not an enthusiast, but my point here is <laughs> Wait, My point what? here is one of the biggest struggles for her buying any other brand at this point is she's owned two different Lexus. Lexuses? Lexi? Lexi, she's, There Definitely. you go. Let's go with Lexi. She's owned two different Lexi in a row. And the idea of winding up at the hyundai service counter or the gm service counter is a is a genuine high percentage factor in her buying decision it's
1: galling it gives her
0: cold sweats because she doesn't know what she's going to get right so Willie, you the thing is there's a part of me that says you know i'm impressed that you said you've driven this rear-wheel drive car in ohio in the wintertime year-round you've loved it i love that you've had this car like this car used this car i'm going to say to you i would love to get you out of a lexus but i know because of the experience you've had here there there may be a level of disappointment. What's nice, though, is your family has a history of kind of crazy cars, so maybe you're ready for that. Hmm.
1: Well, speaking of the history here, let's delve into the past here. His family is full of engineers, and apparently they've always been attracted to cars and wrenching on them themselves. His grandfather collected a Rolls-Royce Silver Cloud 3, mm-hmm. a 1962 Jaguar Mark II, <sighs> Wow. 65 Mustang Convertible and a 1950 Lincoln Cosmopolitan. He also, his dad, had a 1974 Pantera GTS, which was Willie's favorite. What a group of cars. Unbelievable. And unfortunately, the story takes a turn for the worse because all those cars burned in a barn fire. Unbelievably tragic, as you said here, Willie. That is just horrific to think about, that those cars are gone, but Moving on, it uh it happened. So they went from an antique car collection family and then <laughs> Willie went and got himself a two thousand nine Racion Q one. Yes. Unbelievably That's unique car. The Noble
0: 600 sold in the U.S. as a rolling chassis. They built them here under a different brand. Yes. In a random twist, we are trying to get in one for a fast blast for the show because there's one locally. Yeah, we're working on this. That we're working on to get in it because I've always wanted to drive a Noble and here it is in the U.S. We've got one locally here, but they have one. This is not the one we're going to drive, by the way. But Willie's family has one and he is always playing with it. He describes it as his personal track missile. <laughs> Just great. So it is. Y- you have your ultimate performance car that you you're actually in the process of taking out the TT Audi TT V6 and putting in oh sorry not not the Audi TT a twin turbo V6 and putting in an LS seven just to see if you can do it. Which is one of those sentences I've never said while working on a car. You know, I'm just gonna see if I could do it. But this is your track missile, so you have that covered. So what we're really replacing is your your daily driver car. You're going to do as much as 120 miles a day, so a lot of mileage going into whatever's next. And you've been eyeing an Audi S5 with as much as 35 grand in your pocket because you think, okay, different experience, V8. You've heard us talk about it, nice big GT car. But now you're thinking out of a Lexus into an Audi hmm, this is our dilemma.
1: Did you see Willie's comment here? He just drops this at the very end of one of these paragraphs where he's dropping another LS7 into his BMW E39 wagon. Yes,
0: he's in no shortage of project cars. Oh, my gosh. Fast project cars. And 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 apparently he's on the subscription service for the LS motor where they drop one on your porch every every month and apparently. you just put it into something. Blenders, is dishwashers. Is like the, the Omaha Steaks? It is. The, it's the equivalent. You know, yeah, The Fruit Basket mm-hmm. or the...
1: Bagels every month. Yeah,
0: it's the GM crate It's a new crate motor. Yeah, Clang. Yeah, here it is.
1: (laughs) Get to know your UPS delivery truck driver. Yeah. All right, Willie. So 120 miles a day, huh? The thing we haven't mentioned yet is the dog. Oh, yes. You're right. Thank you. He's been driving the big yellow lab around in his girlfriend's while fiance's Honda CRV. Hello, fiance. I'm sure you're listening to this by this point because... She wants her car back apparently. <laughs> he has all these fun project cars it.
0: and he has never allowed the dog in the Lexus. Now think this through right. for a second. Right. 7 years of ownership, 162,000 miles, the dog has never been in the Lexus. <laughs> this I can almost hear the remnants, like the fading remnants of the fights this has caused because he has a fiance and it's her CRV that takes the dog and you know at some point she said, "It is your dog." Yeah. You know, that's been said. That sentence has been uttered in this uh, relationship. Know what so he's hoping that whatever he gets next, he will still enjoy. He'll still be mostly reliable. I mean, he is a he is a driver, but it's got to have a lot of miles, and he'd love to be able to put the dog in it. There's a twist.
1: Which we get. Okay. All right. So if we're going SUV route, he's liking the new Which 4 Which he's up runner. for. Yeah. So he's looking at this TRD Pro, but uh, worth ten grand over the standard 4Runner. I'm not into the big SUV thing although I own the Jeep Grand Cherokee thing I mean I've never really been into the 4Runner although lots of people have there's a there's a whole cult th- of there that there really is sure. and they're excellent I mean mm-hmm. they, they're great as you said they, they deserve it. in spite of you but you know I'm just especially the new styling I guess it's just a matter of taste on that one so the budget is between twenty five dollars and $35,000 he's got to put the dog in it back mm-hmm. seats all wheel drive is preferred and something luxurious because he's coming out of the Lexus yeah I've got a list of cars working up Wow. I have here. I have three. Two, three four, very different six, ones. Seven. Yikes. I have three very
0: different ones because I wanted to get him something that solves the all-wheel drive, nice place to be, let's crank out some mileage, and by the way, have you met my dog? So I've got three very different choices All right, that go for cover it. that. Go for it. Uh, you said S5. I'm, okay. That got me thinking, Audi. I think S5 is wrong here. Let's go bigger. What about an A4 wagon?
1: Hmm. The B5 came with a V8 in it. Well, I don't want to... We don't need to go back that far. Did it? No. B6 did. We
0: don't need to... We're not we're not chasing the biggest motor we can find. I'm just thinking a four wagon. I mean, I know, shocking, isn't it?
1: I, I'm confused. I, I know. Sorry, I'll give you a I minute mean, to catch up. I mean, he's got LS V8s and everything. I'm I just thinking V8. I've So so we'll, so we'll take
0: we'll take an Audi and, and next and next month's <laughs> LS delivery will go into the Audi. Perfect. I mean, he's well, got the subscription. Idea, it's going to keep happening. He's got a sawzall so, but, and a subscription. Exactly. You know, just take that that pillar off. It'll be fine. <laughs> really, trust me, honey. I'll fix it. Uh, yeah, that's probably been uttered too. No, but I think a four wagon. If you're going to go Audi, that I mean, imagine imagine the large uh, lab in the uh, in the S5. I think that's a no. Unless it's going to sit passenger seat. I have seen those dogs that sit like a person in the passenger seat of a car. They all, they, they're wearing everything but the seat belt. They're just looking around.
1: And they're in the carpool lane uh-huh. trying yeah. to get away with it. That
0: works. Hey, go for it. You know, <laughs> I, I technically have two people in here. Well, quasi-people. It's family, right? Uh, but, exactly. I have two family members. That's the way to go. Right. But I don't think that S5 and the dog really work. Um, I do think A4 wagon works. But then since you're open to SUVs and this is your budget, I have two others you need to go drive. Okay. Drive the brand-new Mazda CX-5, please. Styling, it's dynamics, interior, just drive that car. And yeah. you could get a brand-new one for your budget. It's going to get surprisingly good gas mileage. You're doing 120 miles a day, surprisingly good gas mileage.
1: Yeah, exactly. That the was dog can go in the
0: back. You don't have to be precious about it. I think that's a real contender here. And then I have to say it you're a guy with performance in your history you also want nice all of these other factors we've talked about you could shop used porsche cayenne Ooh, interesting i mean for 35 grand you could actually get into the current generation the current second gen which starts in 2011 you can get into those at this point
1: 2012 Mm -hmm. you can get into those
0: points so it'll be the early ones of that but why not? It's going to have everything you're asked for. Nice interior, back seats. You want to be able to take the dog. Uh, it's going to be decently fun to drive. I think it does all of the above. I do think you need to take a serious look. And I I suspect that that Porsche, while more expensive when it needs stuff, is going to be more reliable than a used Audi. That's my suspicion. Interesting. It's my suspicion. So... But drive those three. Look for an A4 wagon, uh, maybe even an all-road if you want to go crazy. CX-5, brand new, or used Cayenne,
1: I think this solves your problem. I like your choices. That A4 made me think of the Mm -hmm. all-road, which is kind of cool, which leads me to Volvo and the XC line. Sure, yeah, yeah. Interesting. And I've got to get the WRX out of the way. Say the 2014, one of the last of the hatchbacks, the true hatchbacks. Sure, sure. Talk about not being precious. But you talked about nothing with a cheap interior or cheap looking. Okay, that, something to consider. That's a problem. <laughs> it's
0: a strike against it there.
1: <laughs> yeah, big one. So I thought, all right, Mazda CX-5 was on the list too. Mazda Speed 3 is on my list. Sure, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Money left
1: over, yeah. Money. Lots of money left over. Going way back, Uh-oh. how about a BMW Z3 clown shoe? With the dog? yeah. The dog's is the dog be licking your is ear. the dog driving? <laughs> I, I mean, it I maybe. like the idea, but family. you're gonna back have to you're gonna have the hatch open and the dog's butt sticking out. <laughs> maybe. All there's, right. There's there's no. I'm sorry, I can't back your play there. I always have to think of something random and weird to get the juices flowing. Yeah, and then you I do. Get back you do track. that. You you do that. So that you always say something my...
0: crazy, and I go, I don't think so. Out and then there, you jump to something more realistic. I've got to go I, go I hear Sky,
1: you. and then it takes me back. So I thought. Audi A3 Sportback e-tron for the mileage it's a hmm. bit small yeah but we could make it work i kind of like the A4 all road better to be honest i i
0: do too but i see where you're going i mean you're you're working on the gas mileage scenario yeah. do those back seats fold all the way flat because then it would be dog friendly otherwise i think yeah. it's going to be a little small
1: yeah true
0: how tall is your dog, too? Because that is not a tall hatch. Just spray as rhino
1: about. liner, you know, pickup truck. Perfect. Coating perfect. all over the back of your wagon.
0: Just to guarantee Just resale that. value. That will
1: be perfect. <laughs> yes. I don't see a problem. All right. Two left here. One is the Golf R. Found you a 2015 Golf R. Yeah. Could yeah. do that. That'd mm-hmm. be a great driving car. All of the above. Yep. And this is very random and weird. It's out there. It's a super wild card. But maybe the Tour de France being on has reminded me of the wagons that have the bicycles attached to the roof, and they're the bike follow chase cars and all that. I love that wagons are the default car Mm -hmm. for pro bike teams now. Sure, yeah. But I ran into some cyclists who own the Lexus (laughs) Hopefully not literally. Sorry. (laughs) Not literally, no. (laughs) What cyclist? No, I didn't see you there. Uh, The Lexus CT200H. Okay, you know what car I'm talking about? Yeah, this is random and weird.
0: Has been has gone entirely unrecommended on this show so far. Two hundred and twelve podcasts in, but it but has. I, but I'm waiting to see where you go.
1: I'm just wondering about this from a you owned a Lexus before. This is unique. Your your unique car ownership. Sure. Yeah. Now, I don't see you really wrenching on this thing. It's just going to run, but you yeah. have LS Motors monthly to wrench on. Seriously, yeah. And the subscription, so, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to be fine there. You're going to be satiated on There's motors. a Rossi
0: on Q1 in this story. Did you notice that? Can we go back to that for just a second? Speaking of Rossi Q1.
1: Yeah, no okay, kidding. Yeah. So I thought, you know, I met some cyclists, and they, you know, owned one of these cars, and they mm-hmm. used it to get their bike in the back, and I thought, oh, that fit a dog back there. Sure, gas mileage. I see where you're Speaks going. To the Lexus thing. I see where you're you going. Need different. Yeah. There gobs of them for sale. Yeah, you yeah. could save money. But the problem is, I don't know that they're really in a sporting enthusiast kind of car. No, I, I would say I they believe aren't. It's just a. All right. It, it, it fills gets, the void. It gets stuff done, it for sure. For sure, the box. Sure. It yeah. doesn't add a level of excitement that a Golf R, that the A4 all road would.
0: The Golf R would be great if you can swing Those it. kind of things. Get your get your Covercraft animal cover in the back and cover the back for your, for the dog. And rhino I can liner. see it. Just spray it I'm on there. I'm telling Just... you, the Rhino Liner isn't working. It does, don't change car brands. It's still not working. The
1: windows. Blacked it's out all windows. Like, It's all bad. It's all bad. What is wrong with your car? Anyway. Well, Willie, hope that helps. Man, what a story!
0: Best of luck in finding help <laughs> in the middle of that ramble. Yes, uh huh.
1: Okay, let's let's narrow it down. I'm going something from Audi or the Golf R. That seems <laughs> that seems good.
0: You heard it here, Willie. We're, we're trying. Uh, we have audience questions. We have many audience questions, yes, actually. We do. So we should get into some of those. Uh, let's see. Um, Linus asked about Stitcher. Uh, we talked a little bit about the podcast up front. We're still sorting things out. I don't know that Stitcher will survive. I just wanted to mention that one one time again. That reminds me of something else random. They're yeah. Very random. Okay. Thank you to those of you that have rated the podcast already. Oh, yes. Thank you. We would welcome more ratings. But speaking of ratings, and this is where I'm getting oddball, you can find our TV show, Everyday Driver, on IMDb, yes. Internet Movie Database. It is unrated right now because in order for that to have a star rating of some kind, it has to have at least five ratings. I am not the guy that is going to go in and rate my own show. I I, I refuse to do that. I'm not going to be that guy. But if you are a person that that contributes in any way on IMDb and you would like to rate the show or you've rated shows on there before, I would like to encourage you to rate because I'd love for it to have a rating. I'd like for it to be a nice one, but I, but again, I'm not rating my own show. So if you liked it, you didn't like it, I'd love for it to have a rating. So when people look it up on IMDb, which let's be honest, it's not like there's a rush happening on that right now. But true. it'd be nice if I'm it had a rating. over here. Yeah. So, you know, thank you.
1: Definitely in agreement. All right, Scott Durrell on Facebook here is asking, which auto manufacturers have the best key fobs? Mm. Now keep in mind, this mm. is not a question of connected to the most exotic cars, True. best true, cars, yeah. because... To be honest, some of the keys I've seen from Ferrari are kind of lame.
0: Yeah, well, th- that's still the thing. They use
1: ignitions. Didn't we leave that like a decade ago? I
0: want to. Re- I want to speak up on the behalf that of ignitions. I'm fine key with it. In ignition, I like having it ignition. This is a good new. I don't have, have Ferrari, to have a starter button. I mean,
1: it should be some sort of eye scan with you know.
0: That's coming, I'm sure. That's coming, I'm sure, just to make it even more absurd. Not only did you get on the appropriate Ferrari list, but we have a a blueprint of your retina so that when you sit, oh, that's coming. You know it is. I need to
1: sigh right now for the upcoming madness of that. Anyway, go on. (laughs) The best and worst, Scott, are the Nissan fobs. Currently, the Altima shares the fob with the GTR. Yeah, it does. Hey, look, we have the same key. Yeah. Thank you very, very much. Not even in the same universe. So good and bad, but I'm going to go with BMW and their latest key fob that's all over the internet right now that has a lot of, I don't know if that's unnecessary, but it's coolness. (laughs) It's just techie coolness. In the fob, I wish there was and you a way do stuff with it.
0: I wish there was a way we could graph the number of times that unnecessary and cool have intersected because I'm gonna put out there <laughs> it's a lot. I think the it number of times we think stuff. wow, that's cool, and yet in the back of your mind you think that's entirely unnecessary. I think that is frequent.
1: Totally. But you could go with electric car manufacturers, especially Tesla, because yeah, they've got a fob, but you can control pretty much the entire car from your phone. True, true, true. So that is kind of cool, too. I think we're headed there for sure. I yeah. was
0: always impressed that, that Aston Martin thought to actually make a crystal key fob. Talk about unnecessary.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Aston Martin, what have what they won?
0: And, and, the Dinette
1: said, made out of oatmeal, right? And,
0: and, and, and the sheer fact of pondering how key fobs get used. Meaning it gets thrown in your pocket, or you accidentally dropped it, or where is
1: my key? We made it out of crystal. Didn't they call it an emotion control unit, though? Yes, they did. This is not a fob. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm controlling my emotions with this piece of crystal. No,
0: that's a V twelve, and that is nice, <laughs> but that's not what you're controlling. But but exactly. I but I was always surprised. I mean, you don't hear about Rolls Royce doing a crystal key fob. Aston Martin decided to go there, and I just yeah. every time I ever held one, I ever thought. Don't people just drop their keys? Doesn't that just happen it in does. life? You're fumbling with the coffee and the this and the that, and you're trying to, and you drop your key.
1: Can you imagine the reorder price on the no. Swarovski crystal? That's horrifying. ECU emotion control. Your your
0: terrible device. little plastic key fob that might work on your car is going to cost you a hundred bucks. You dropped your Aston Martin crystal key fob. I'm telling you, your your budget's done for the month.
1: Hey. Porsches are in the shape of a little Panamera. Yes, and you stick the hood into the thing, and it which I think grabs is on. remarkably goofy. By and the way, and if you didn't have enough money to spend already, you can get the co- the fob painted the same color as your car. But That's okay, extra.
0: okay. But if we're gonna go there for Porsche, who loves options? What do
1: I do with my money? I know I'll get the fob painted.
0: No, but I, but I'm actually I'm gonna I'm gonna pick on Porsche for a second because if you're gonna go there with Porsche and all their options, here's something I genuinely don't understand why they haven't done. Why on earth does the entire lineup look like a Panamera? Why on earth do they not have a Cayman key for Caymans and a 911 key for 911s?
1: Okay. I'm I'm honestly
0: shocked. With the way that Porsche does this stuff, I'm amazed. Or if you're going to do one across the whole range, why is it on a 911?
1: It should be a 911 because you're not going to stick a boxy Cayenne into the thing, into the ignition of your...
0: Too but, big maybe. but I'm almost surprised that Porsche didn't just go there and make the actual mini car shape for whatever model you bought. the
1: 911. Yeah.
0: No, but I'm saying for whatever model you bought, I'm surprised it didn't go that far. I'm really shocked they used the mm-hmm. Panamera shape. We are so far in the weeds into things that don't matter. It's kind of shocking, but Scott, thanks for the question.
1: <laughs> com. I'm sure it's a website, but uh, yeah, key fobs. All right. Uh ooh, Rodney's question also on Facebook is asking what would it take to get people back to sedans from SUVs? The SUV craze and now with the e pace is mentioned up top, yeah, that is never ending. It seems like every manufacturer has an SUV. Lamborghini's getting into the business. I don't think it's long for Ferrari because they're missing out on a the market. They've Apparently said, they're, they're, gonna they they said they're gonna do it. Shot glasses and bed sheets and amusement parks in Dubai, so why not an SUV from Ferrari? So uh, yeah, what would it take? I don't see sedans dying necessarily, but uh, electric. I mean, the Model 3 is a great example. Everybody is yeah. uncaring yeah. that it's not an SUV. They're just rabid about the fact that it is the next Tesla. It could yeah. be an SUV. Yeah, I hear but you. it's a small sedan. I hear you. Kind of hatchy, but... Still a sedan.
0: I feel like sedans are more and more going toward the styling, sm- styling of small SUVs anyway. I mean, I feel like those kind, two yeah. worlds are merging. The sedans are getting more and more like SUVs, and the SUVs are getting more and more like hatchbacks. And at one point, it's just going to be, buy the new car. It's just, it's not to have designation anymore. They're all going to be be autonomous pods in roughly the same shape that was not actually designed. It was just, they're going to put some sort of really wet, I'm off in the weeds, really wet clay at a wind tunnel and turn it on really hard and just see what shape comes out of it and go, there's
1: the design. Hey, the Lexus SC Coupes from the 90s used balloons filled with plaster of Paris and projected onto a wall to actually get those shapes. Look at the SC 300 and 400 Coupes. From the '90s, and just think plaster balloons. This is how cars were designed, apparently. <laughs> Sketching design, we don't need that. We'll just you know what we have: balloons and mud.
0: We have wind. It's going to be awesome.
1: Uh well, the, yeah, I, um, I'm kind of with you on the sedans going that way, but uh, I feel like it's going to take some unique take on things. Maybe a powertrain, maybe styling. I mean, styling still really matters for people to yeah, get into a yeah. car. And usefulness, I mean, that's the biggest thing, but so many people want that ride height. You want your. I think that's the biggest hurdle.
0: I think that's the biggest hurdle is that as the roads are getting worse, people want something that they feel like. You know, when I go over a, a seam or a pothole mm-hmm. in the FRS, it feels thunderous. I go over my wife's cayenne and it's like, Did I hit something? I'm not sure, sure if there was something there. Sure. So as roads get worse, that matters. And then ride height, because if everybody around you is large, you have one of two options. You're defiant like me and you just put a flag on the top of your car, or you go, <laughs> I really ought to be in something bigger.
1: Although the GLA does it really well at this point because as the two fifty It's kind of an SUV, and it rides high. The AMG is dropped to the ground, sits on 20s, feels like a hot hatch. It's it's the Mercedes hatchback. Yeah, it is. It is. So uh, to morph between the two, they're kind of doing it well, Mm -hmm. but I don't know what to call that thing.
0: Uh, No one really does. So they decided to sell it as an SUV because hatches and wagons don't sell. So we'll just call it a CV. It'll be fine.
1: Interesting. All right. What questions did you find?
0: Uh, Navid wrote in on Facebook and was asking a question for each of us. I will tackle, obviously, the part for me. He said, okay, so I've decided, and I have the money apparently, Navid, Thank you. I've, are you donating, by the way? I've decided that a supercar <laughs> is for me, but I have to have room for a child and normal life. What supercar would I choose? Mm. And I actually think I have this answer. Mm. Uh, and when you say supercar, I'm guessing, I'm just going to guess, I'm going to say right now, we're probably talking 200 grand and up.
1: Okay, fair I enough. I
0: think that's probably the world. Why we're not just in. go quarter mil? No, but I just think that's what we're talking about. Okay, and I'm going to say Audi R8. Really? I think so. The brand new one you're talking yeah. about? Yeah. I mean, I I would take an old one, but the brand new one. I think because it is really a supercar that does the mundane very very well, and still does all the supercar stuff. Hmm. I could see the school run in the in the in the R8. I mean, this is kind of insane, but I could. I could see the oh look, it's snowing outside. I'm still taking the R8. I just, I I see that car as a very usable supercar.
1: Hmm. I like that. You might expect me to say Porsche, but I'm not going to.
0: Oh, but that's not, but he asked you a different question. He asked you,
1: you had to pick the ultimate car watch combo. Oh, you're right. Okay. So does the car have to relate to the watch or can they be separate brands?
0: He says you can't choose the same car and watch company for his example. He says you can't do the Lambo watch paired with the Lamborghini Aventador.
1: Okay, so here we go.
0: So so you're doing a nice a nice meal and a fine wine, but you're doing cars and watches.
1: You're also appealing to me there. Hmm. Ultimate car. Take a nice drive. I I'm liking that McLaren 720, but I'd take a 570.
0: Oh, you sacrifice. You take a (laughs) 570. Wow.
1: And uh, as you probably know, Bell & Ross is kind of my thing. I really dig the watch, Bell & Ross watches. But mm, there's some others that I'm interested in too. Could I have an arm of watches? You know, just you know, going all the somewhere in that
0: McLaren, there's probably a clock. And also, and my you, phone, right? you may have a phone in your pocket right.
1: that also has a clock on I it. I knew that was coming. Yeah, I'm just saying. I'm just uh, saying. I knew it. No, I'm, I'm still sticking with Bell & Ross, although Omega interests me. I like those. I'm kind of sniffing around some others.
0: You're, you see. are always half-watch shopping. You half-watch shop like I half-car shop. <laughs> as annoyed as you get that I keep sending you the thing I found today, I, I think the only thing is you know that I'm just immune to watches. It's like white noise for me. Otherwise, you would be sending me watches you found by the minute.
1: I mean, I am the guy that would love to go to Basel World in Basel, Switzerland. Just look up Basel World. It's the premier watch show. I'd love Sorry, to go. it's gone.
0: It's gone all white noise on this side of the and podcast. I can't there, hear we anything. Could
1: drive cool cars on some sweet roads. Okay, now I'm back. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so
0: uh, <laughs> on, on Instagram, this is the only other one I, I noted. Uh, what is Chris doing? Is the IG handle, which I really like. Uh, if we were a 16 year old right now with 20 grand in our pocket, what car would we want? And to switch it around, if we had a 16 year old right now, what car would with 20 grand in our pocket, Ooh. what car would we buy? Ooh. Uh, I, there's a lot of ways to go here. There are the parents that are listening to this podcast right now. I totally get it. Who every time I say Miata for 16 year old, uh, they want to yell at me and they're probably yelling now and I will stay with that. Um, I mean, I, <laughs> I continues. S- Yeah. I still think that the key thing for it, for a new driver is a car that can be manhandled. So on the smaller side and manual transmission. Not because I think that I want people to learn manual and manual should survive. I like that. But manual just gives you more to do and it connects yeah. you more to the car. Yeah. You're aware of it's accelerating because I changed gear and, and you're busy. It is genuinely hard to text while driving a manual transmission car. It's hard to drink water while driving a manual transmission <laughs> car. Okay, so so this keeps you busy, which I think is good. I think small and chuckable is good. So those would be my primary requirements. I think then you have to actually, because you're 16, either you are a 16 year old or you're shopping for a 16 year old. Styling matters. What resonates with the 16 year old in this scenario? I mean, you know, I would say uh, I would say MX-5. I would say FRS. I would also say uh, a Focus. I would also say... I like that. Not an ST, an actual, just a Focus. Just a regular Still, still has good dynamics. Yeah. Uh, I think Focus is, is a viable option. I think a non-GTI Golf is a viable option. I like all of these. Of course, I would say Mazda 3, but none of these cars you'll note are big cars. I wouldn't yeah. go SUVs. I wouldn't go big vans. I mean, I, I get the parental thinking. As a parent, I get it. I will you put, want to put more your metal. Kid to suburban. And I will put more metal, and know. that will make it safer. What about the 18 wheeler? I get it. I hear it. I hear it in my own head. But I would go small for control.
1: No, oh, I like it. All right. I'm going to end on this question here from Snow White Mr. Two on Instagram. Wow. Okay. Asking about hypercars setting the standard for new technology in road cars that oh, does sure, trickle yeah. down. Sure. Mm-hmm. And he's saying each generation introduces something more amazing. So things like the McLaren P1, Porsche 918 Spyder. Mm -hmm. What do Mm -hmm. we think the next generation of these hyper crazy cars will be like? And what technology will they introduce? Well, think about this. You know, there's a lot of electric car startups on the market. There's Tesla that is really bringing electric cars for everyone. (laughs) Theoretically. Hang
0: Hang on. I'm having a terrible thought. Go. all of these electric car startups right now. Do they create a spectrum, a spectrum like bookends? Okay, there's there's got to be fifty of them somewhere. But where's but the on Delorean the, but of but on, the electric car market? <laughs> I think we're already seeing it. Yeah. But on the spectrum, do we have all of them fall somewhere between Tesla and Faraday?
1: Uh, possibly.
0: That, that that should be the new electric car scale. Where where are they in the success route between <laughs> Tesla and Faraday? And, and the funding. You know category. exactly between the how yeah. well funded are you? Uh huh.
1: Huh. I have a faraday t shirt It might be worth a billion dollars if that car company goes under at
0: the moment. it is the only product they sell <laughs> at the it moment was
1: given to me at too. the moment
0: you were wearing <laughs> faraday 's only actual product. You have a shirt isn't that crazy? If you could only get the limited edition Faraday billionaire hoodie you 'd really have something
1: then i 'd really be there, but apparently my wages would be garnished, and you know they 'd find me out all right. Back to the question here. I feel like range in the electric hybrid. I, I still feel like you know the the actual engine isn't going away from these hypercars. I just don't feel like that's totally going away yet because of the sensation and the emotion hmm. and the you're already paying this much money for it. Fine, let's have something that is really fast, really powerful. Can electric give you that? Well, maybe, but it doesn't give you the sensation of sound is why mm. Aston Martin still mm. puts V12s in their cars and Lamborghini has thumbed yeah. their nose at the electric hybrid market maybe that's coming from both of these yeah, manufacturers but you don't think okay I'm, I'm going to be efficient or any of that you think caution to the wind I just want emotion I want to mm. feel and mm. hear something so for sound purposes in these hypercars can you imagine only electric can you really envision that fair fair masking yeah. maybe maybe I think,
0: but I think honestly, the generation behind us isn't going to care. I think I think there will be probably not twenty years from now. I think my son may may be in this category. I, not. I suspect that my son, who is already a little bit of a gearhead, he may be a kid who really likes the sound of a good car motor. But I bet I bet you money that there will be kids in his class, kids his age, if even if he likes it, there'll be kids his age will be like everything that doesn't sound electric just sounds like it's wrong.
1: Right. What is that mechanical thrashing? That's just a terrible, like terrible noise.
0: You know, some great, glorious singing V twelve or a, or a flat six GT three nine eleven that we just we just stop in our tracks. Yeah. I bet you. I bet you. When when kids, my son, say, ten years from now, my son and his peers, I bet there will be kids that think those sounds are all unattractive.
1: Could very well be. That's a crazy. It is disappointing point. But I actually. bet you it's the case. I bet you it will happen. I mean, I feel like for next gen, I mean, you're talking 10 years away, which is kind of the cycle for these hyper cars. About every 10 years they do it, Yep. It could be all electric. They very well could be. But if they're not, I see it as more of everything. More power out of an, a gasoline motor mm-hmm. and more range out of the electricity. And then, of course, they work together to make even more stupid, crazy numbers.
0: It's going to be blackout mode. What's the point at which the human body physically blacks out while doing a zero
1: to 60 run? Each car will be sold with a marine fighter pilot to drive it for you. Possibly. And come with the, you know, the pressure suits. Well, you remember
0: the the guys in, if you've ever seen, like, the footage of the guys in the Apollo rockets. Oh. When they took off. Was something like 9 G's of force hmm. down on those guys when they took off. And when you think about that, think about that the next time you see any footage from takeoff where they're flipping switches and checking the manual. It's like, 9 G's! Wow. That, That's this is nuts. Yeah, because all the switches were overhead. They're laying on their backs with switches overhead. Gentlemen, congratulations, 9 G's. Oh, by the way, would you change that dial?
1: No, arm I'm, I'm struggling
0: pounds. to breathe, thank you very much. I, I'm not changing anything. But this is my question about these cars as they get faster and faster. What's the
1: point at which your passengers don't, don't enjoy it anymore? I mean, people are already there with the Tesla. Yes, and we're selling cars based on 0 to 60 runs.
0: But we know plenty of people who have made themselves or their passengers genuinely sick. Oh, yes. Pulling off the ludicrous mode. Oh, yes. So if we go with that much further with hypercars, we're going to start making people black out. But I wonder on this next gen, I wonder about, I'm going to probably use the term wrong, but biometrics or biomechanics, meaning Mm -hmm. what are the ways that the car and you are going to interact that is not you flipping a switch or turning a wheel? Is it going to scan your retina? Is it going to adjust to your mood? Is it going to, because what they're going to have to do on these hypercars, they're going to have to create a, a, a situation that you can't get any other way. That's the key about all these hypercars. Yeah. You can't get this idea any other way. Five years from now, you can get in lots of stuff. But right now, this is the only way to get it. I think because those cars are always limited edition, because they always sell out, they always sell to people with crazy money that want to say, I have this and you don't, Yeah. I think that bioconnection with the car is going to be a factor. Hmm. I don't know how. I'm not going to pretend to know how, but I think that's a frontier that is on the cusp of uh, automotive technology, and I think it relates to if everything goes autonomous, but I think it also relates to if everything goes custom and hypercar. I think it can go both ways and trickle both directions.
1: Uh, That's an interesting point. Or we could just go back to Porsche 356s with 90 horsepower and a manual transmission, and maybe you got carpet. (laughs) How about we just go backwards? (laughs) Miatas for everyone. Perfect. (laughs) Today on the podcast... Guys, thanks a million for listening and for watching. If you've got your own debate, write to us at everydaydrivertv at com, and you can find us on the website. You can write to us there, and you'll find the adventures, the pilgrimage adventure on yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please come. We'd love to have you. I know you're going to have to have the talk with your spouse or whoever that might be. Bring your spouse. Bring them, exactly. We can take non-drivers on this trip. Yep. We can accommodate non-drivers. Definitely. Bring us your scenarios, and we'll work around it. And, uh, yeah... Thank you guys again. Until next time. Cheers.
0: Geico presents unhelpful home improvement. How tos
1: a slippery bathroom floor can result in expensive hospital bills. So today I'll show you how to cushion a serious fall by
0: filling your bathroom with thousands of plastic balls. Just now a piece of plywood across the doorway and dump in 2000 multicolored plastic balls. You could try to protect yourself with a bathroom full of plastic balls, or you could get liability coverage through the GEICO Insurance Agency. Visit GEICO.com and see how affordable renter's insurance can be.